Hey everyone, Christian here. Got something kind of new and different for you in today's bonus content. It's a bit of a departure, but we think there's going to be plenty of overlap with our regular fan base. Uh, Josh Perot, who's been an editor on the Once and Future Nerd for a while now, is launching a new podcast with some buddies of his. It's called Taking Initiative, and it's a D&D podcast. Uh, so today's bonus content is the pilot episode of that show. And if that's your type of thing, uh, we really think you'll enjoy this one. If you do like it, uh, let us know. I'm sure Josh would appreciate the encouragement or any other feedback you have. And if that's the case, uh, Josh is going to tell you inside the episode where to subscribe to hear more episodes. Uh, if this is not your cup of tea, no sweat. Taking Initiative is going to have its own feed and website, etc., etc., so you don't have to worry about this feed filling up with a show you didn't sign up for. But I enjoyed this pilot very much, and I hope you will too. Josh is a great guy, and we want his show to succeed. So without further ado, here is the pilot episode of Taking Initiative, and I'll check in with you once more before we sign off. Okay, enjoy! Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of Taking Initiative. Thank you very much to the ones that... Oh, it's not very, very good now, is it? It's not good practice. I can't exactly follow up the once and future nerds British narrator with another British narrator, especially one that's not actually British. Let's change it up a bit. Let's go down to about here. Yeah, yeah, that should work out for this. As I was saying, welcome to Take an Initiative. Thank you to the once and future nerd for allowing us to debut our first episode to you. I'd like to set the stage for you before we begin. Josh, the DM for this adventure, informed his three players, Drew, Nick, and Bucky, that they will be running the Lost Mine of Fandelver, which is found in the starter kit for D&D 5e, and you may also have heard on the Adventure Zone. The players decided to make their characters based on that information. However, as you will quickly find out, Josh had other plans for his players. Remember to stay tuned till the end of the episode to find out where you can find us out in the world and when we'll actually be starting to release podcasts of our own. Spoiler alert, it's coming up real soon. Now after saying all that, I'm starting to realize that this voice doesn't really fit our campaign very much. Let's change it up a little bit more. Ah, this is perfect. Again, welcome everyone to the first ever episode of Taking Initiative. Adventure One, House of Spoops. Okay. Uh, well, I need John and Drew your passive perception and your weight because John, you have to go first. Passive perception's a twelve. Okay. My weight is one hundred and forty pounds. Oh, you weigh the same amount as a halfling? No, I weigh forty. I don't pounds. lift. Oh, forty pounds? Yeah, forty. He's a halfling. He's exactly two feet tall. My we goal is to advance to a point where a, the gun that I'm holding is bigger than I am. That won't be hard. So we have a baby that speaks with a shitty southern accent, holding Nom. a gun, trying to sleep with big women. With a yeah. cowboy hat. With a cowboy hat. Sounds like a plan. Best group. Ten out of ten. Passive perception. Wait. Passive perception is ten, and the weight is two seventy-five. I give this group a ten out of ten. <laughs> Should I do that one? <laughs> ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Yelling <laughs> it. So, let's All right, Josh, get... I'm going to record for eight hours. Come on. <laughs> yeah, let's get started. Speed it up, please. Okay. 
Got a so, finite amount of memory. So, in the city of Neverwinter, a dwarf named Gundren Rockseeker asked you to bring a wagon load of provisions to the rough-and-tumble settlement of Phandalin, a couple of days' travel southeast of the city. Gundren was clearly excited and more than a little secretive about his reasons for the trip, saying only that he and his brothers had found something big, and that he'd pay you ten gold pieces each for escorting his supplies safely to Barthen's provisions, a trading post in Phandalin. He then set out ahead of you on horse, along with a warrior escort named Sildar Hallwinter, claiming he needed to arrive early to take care of business. He looked at you kind of weird, Kent, because of, you know, he had different reasons for sending you out on this adventure. You couldn't keep it in your pants about his daughter. You've spent the last few days following the high road south from Neverwinter, and you've just recently veered east along the Tribor Trail. What if I wanted to travel the low road south? Oh, it just happened already. It's already oh, happened. Okay. Fuck. Yeah. You've encountered, and you've gone the wrong way. Uh, you've encountered no trouble so far, but this territory can be dangerous. Bandits and outlaws have been known to lurk along the trail. Sweet. So midway through your travels, you stop and you take your rest because it's going to take a couple days to get there kind of a thing. So uh, at the moment, you guys are just chilling around a campfire. You got the, the wagon sitting behind you guys or in front of you, wherever you guys really wanted to put it. And um, this is you guys can uh, socialize a little bit, tell us about your characters, and uh, have at it. All right, so I want to be lounging back with a piece of grass in my teeth, thinking that that's what it's supposed that that looks cool, and spinning my gun in like a cool way. And I want to say to the group, you know, guys, I've killed a lot of assholes with this thing. I just want to point out, without saying anything, the gun is about the third the size of Nick. Is it loaded? Do I know if it's loaded? You better believe it's loaded. I'm always prepared. I'm going to sidle around the wagon and get, put it between me and him. Do we want to, like, give a little, like, brief, like, what we look like? Yes, please. Uh, I'm about three and a half feet tall. My gun, like my cock, is humongous. Like so, a monkey? <laughs> yep, my cock. Wow. Why do you have a macaque? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was the only one with a pet. What's your character's name as well? Uh, my name is Kent Brickwood from the East Farthing Brickwoods. Come from a while away. And uh, the only thing I want is to get to the end of this road so I can meet some women. It's my only goal. Got some real priorities. I holster my gun. It goes approximately to your knees. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, what about your character, man? Uh, my character for... Everyone's knowledge, since no one has seen him out of his plate armor, is just a massive, towering wall of steel and weaponry and anger. Do anything particular around the fire except giving Nick a weird look, or sorry, Kent a weird look? Just uh, staring at Kent and sharpening the greatsword that I have, making sure all my gear is stowed properly, as it should be. I'm a veteran <laughs> of the trail. Alrighty. And John, what about yours? Uh, so my character's name is Vendelar Greymire. I am a half-drow pendragon. I have dark blue skin and piercing green eyes. I'm about like five foot eight, normal height, but you would guess from my looks I'm about like maybe 30. I'm actually 75 years old. I wear a like a black cloak that's like tightly tied to me with like leather straps and like bunch of loops where I can hang like potions and things from. And the other thing I have is my pet. I have a, a silver dragon wormling that kind of like nestles up against and curls around my neck and shoulders. Um, and currently I'm sitting on a fallen log eating a piece of bread and feeding my pet Arsene as well. 
Uh, quick out of character thing. How long have we known this? How long has this group known each other? Obviously, I've traveled with both of them, but we've gone uh, on one mission, right? Uh, up to you guys. This is completely up to you of how well you want to know each other. Uh, you definitely have been on one mission before. I've known you guys for canon. one mission. That's what I'm saying. I like that idea. So yeah, yeah, I over I went over my name. I ignored it because you guys don't know my name. So all you know is that I'm a big silent metal monster. And that I'm scared of him, but I don't let him know that I'm scared of him. But he kind of already knows it. Yeah, but tremble around your gun hand. <laughs> also, I only let my friends call me Vin. My name is Vendelar. I will forget that name immediately. <laughs> Not character-wise, just personally. I, I know I can count on you, Drew. I know it. Cool. Please give us a character voice real quick, Bucky. I want to know what you're yeah. going to sound like. Yeah. You, you want to know what I will sound like? I will like sound that. like this. All right, good. Uh, I'm going to be Batman, just so everyone knows. Christopher Nolan, Batman. <laughs> right, I'm going to be So we have a, a weird Clint Eastwood, a, a Squizgar. Squizgar? Squizgar does not sound like this. <laughs> no, you're Squizgar. You're Squizgar. Hey, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, and Batman. Awesome. Batman, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Oh, I have also decided that my grandmother is from Barovia. Uh, you <laughs> can't just actually... decide that. <laughs> yeah, I said that, uh, I said that's in character too. So make everybody that's look at what, that that's why I like it. <laughs> uh, my grandmother is now from Barovia. That's like, how oh, that works. <laughs> Don't just get to choose. <laughs> okay. So, uh, all right, grandmother, uh, and your grand. Uh, you can tell me later. I'll just remember that. Okay. Yeah. I'll cool. Awesome. So, um, throughout the night, the woods are kind of quiet. The air is kind of chill. The fire sputters as a low mist gathers around the edges of your camp. It's getting foggy. And as the night goes on, the fog just kind of creeps into the camp. You guys kind of do what you need to do, keep watch, fall asleep, wake up the next morning and start to head out. And uh, when you're gathering your stuff, you realize that your wagon is gone. Great. You have all your stuff, your personal stuff. Mm-hmm. But the wagon's gone. You wake up to see the fire's out. And the woods look a bit different. It's not where you were. And you see a small dirt path leading through the woods. It seems odd. Could be a dream to you. It's, you're still with each other, but it's not the same place. Uh, I'd like to make a perception check just to see what I see in my immediate area. Go ahead. 12. Uh, you notice that the uh, that there's tons of trees. It's like as if you were in a forest, okay. but the the tree type seems a bit different. Uh, you can't seem to place the type. Okay. Um, the fog is just kind of rolling in from all directions, leading a pathway away. Is it cold? It is very cold, but enough so that you're okay. You're not freezing. But should it have been cold? It was nippy. You you were by Neverwinter. And okay. despite the name, goddamn, it's cold. So <laughs> yeah, the city's you know, the warm part. Everything so, else sucks. <laughs> so our scene is comfortable right now, basically. Yeah. Um, is our scene acting any differently? She a bit perturbed, but she's doesn't really know quite what's going on at the moment. She's more okay. reacting to your feeling about it, whatever that may be. Okay. But the the path seems to just lighten away, kind of guiding you towards it. I'd like to take a closer look at the tree to see if I can identify what type of tree it is. Like, I would have knowledge because I'm proficient. I have investigation and, like, history and arcana. I don't necessarily have nature proficiency. Go right ahead. So, investigation check. Go right ahead. 13. You notice that they're kind of like a, a pine, which, compared to where you were, it's not 
very normal to that area at all. Mm-hmm. It's just a very tall pine forest. I turn to the group and I'm like, do you guys know that anything strange around here? It seems very different. Mm. Yep. If uh, if I'm not mistaken, we did have a cart with us, right? Is it is there any tracks where the cart once was? Make an investigation check. 18. Gone. Just magically vanished. Like there was, Gone. there's no imprints where it was. Okay. You might as well not have had a cart. But there is a path through the woods, correct? Yes. It's a dirt path that leads away. Well, I'm gonna point at uh, I already forgot your name. So Bucky, ben. what's your name? Ben. Just call me Ven. Ven, the guy that I don't call Ven. I call him Ven, whatever his full name is. Ven Dalar. There you go. But I don't call him that. I go, you, points. And I point down the path. I take a couple steps down the path and look ahead, see what I see. You just keep on seeing the forest and the path go along. And it's just fog in front of us? Just fog. Well, there's fog around you. The path is not, there's no fog there. It's just behind you and to the sides. I guess we should follow the path, right? I, th- I guess so. Sounds like what we have to do. All right. Anything uh, in particular? Uh, can I also have a marching order? Uh, I'm gonna say the tank in front. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go right behind him. You're gonna put the glass cannon in the middle. Uh, I say we put the glass cannon in the back. All right. You have the highest range out of any of us. All right. Fine. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll stand middle. I could hide behind people very easily. And I have like none of my skills. I could just breathe fire on people. That's about it. Okay. So, so off we go. There's black pools of water that stand like dark mirrors in and around like the muddy roadway. Mm-hmm. And giant trees loom on both sides of the road. Uh, you go for three, four, and after about five hours, you start to see something in front of you. There's fog that spills out of the forest and it swallows up the road behind you. So the path just disappears. And ahead, right. jutting from the impenetrable woods on both sides of the road, are high stone buttresses looming gray in the fog. <laughs> buttress. Buttress. <laughs> are they flying? Huge buttresses? iron butts. Sorry. Boiler alert. Hang, hang on the stonework. Dew clings with cold tenacity to the rusted bars. Two headless statues of armed guardians flank the gate, their heads now lying among the weeds at their feet. They greet you only with silence. Well, I mean, if they don't have heads, that seems correct. <laughs> So there's, wait, there's statues or there are guards? There's statues of armored guards. Okay. So they're, they're gigantic. Oh, okay. I want to go look at one of the heads. Go ahead. I'm going to clank over there and roll perception. I'm assuming it's perception. Uh, uh, it would yeah, be investigation. Pots and pans, okay. man. Investigation. Pots and pans, welcome ahead. Uh, and it is a 17, sir. Excuse okay. Me. You see a gigantic head. Um, it on its, <laughs> that's it. Like, it's on its side. Like from the back of the head to the nose is taller than you. Okay. These are rather large statues. There's no helmet at all. Any just your facial features or anything? Just a human face. The one on the left looks normal. The one on the right looks basically the same, but a gigantic crack from the top of the forehead through the right eye down through the nose to the mouth. Okay. But nothing stands out other than the giant crack. Nope. Got it. Just its big, big crack. I mean, they should probably put on some pants. He puts Wait. on pants. <laughs> Good. The head puts on pants. Are they, now that he, are they, 
are those faces detailed, like enough where we would be able to be determine who the statues were of or no? You don't recognize who they would be of. They seem to be just a very generic, you know, standard human face. Uh, whether or not they belonged to someone, like it was a features that were copied off of someone you don't know, but they just seem to be guarding the gates. Think of outside of this game. Think of uh, in Lord of the Rings when they passed the two gigantic statues saying, you know, with a yeah. handout. That cool. kind of thing. Uh, uh, the gates they, open? Uh, the gates are not open. Okay. Do we see what's on the other side of the gates? You see the path continue. Path continue and gates. Can I make an investigation check on the gates? Uh, are you, like, walking up to the gates or are you looking from over here? What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to stand, like, five feet away. So, like, put five feet between me and the gates. Okay, as you approach the gate, mm-hmm. the gate opens. I'm not going to lie. I was not expecting that. I call out to him and I ask him... Did those just do it on their own, or was that the wind? Oh wait, I'm taking Bucky's voice. I gotta take it. I gotta go back. <laughs> <laughs> I started seeking emotion. Hey, I catch it because it's so seamless. Hey, man. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm losing it. I asked yeah, him that still... question. Think McConaughey. Uh, no, I like that. Keep losing it. Like it's an obvious fake <laughs> accent, even for your character. Yeah. Okay. Your real accent. Is I, your I look back. Accent. I look back at him with the most questioning look on my face, as of what happened to your voice without actually saying it. <clears throat> and I did. I feel any wind pass by? There hasn't been wind in about fifteen minutes. Then I look at him and I say, "That was definitely not the wind. They definitely opened on their own. I do not like this. I'm just going to put that out there." Well, I'm going to make a brave and heroic decision and walk through the gates. Nothing happens. All right, I follow right after him. I okay. look at the gates a little bit more to see if there's any, like, arcane thing that triggered it. Um, can I make an arcana check? You definitely can. 19. You know that they were controlled by something because they wouldn't have opened by themselves. You do sense some type of magical thing to it, but you have no idea what could have caused it. All right, I follow after them. Okay. You proceed through the gate, 15, 20 feet out. You hear... Oh, buddy. I'm under the assumption this is a dream. This feels like a dream. I walk over to the big dude that I don't know who he is. I don't know his name. And I just go, can you please pinch me in the arm? I'm going to attempt to pinch him with my heavy gauntlet hands. Uh, Do I feel pain? As much as you're... Character would feel a normal pinch. So it's completely normal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not the dream. This is weird. I do not like this. But we should keep going. We have no other choice. So I'm just going to keep going down the path. There's no point in standing here. There's nothing around. And Kent? Yeah, I'll continue with him. So there's towering trees. Uh, you notice now that what you thought was pine, apparently the trees changed slightly since you began to an evergreen. So they're more of an evergreen kind of flavor here. So there's towering trees whose tops are lost in heavy gray mist. The tree trunks are unnaturally close to one another, and the woods have the silence of a forgotten grave, yet exude the feeling of an unvoiced scream. I would like all of you to make a perception check. Was that D20? D20, and then add your perception modifier. 13 for me. 11. 6. Okay. So you catch the scent of death on the air. That's a scent I know well. You can Mm. follow it to somewhere because you see where it's coming from. I see where the smell is coming from? Yes, it's coming from 
Yeah, Damn, this guy's talented. <laughs> you notice what it could be. See it in the air. This guy can see smell? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. That's going to suck in the outhouse. You smell it. You look around. You get, like, where it would be coming from. You look over, and you see something a little ruffled in the grass to your right. I'm going to slowly approach it, and uh, what do I see as I get closer? The foul scent leads you to a human corpse, half buried in the underbrush about 15 feet from the road on your right. The young man appears to be a commoner. His muddy clothes are torn and raked with claw marks. Crows have been at the body, which is surrounded by the paw prints. The man has obviously been dead for several days. He holds a crumpled envelope in one hand. Uh, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to hand it to one of these two, and while they do that, I'm going to reposition the body and begin to give last rites. Right, as soon as I see the envelope, I immediately grab for it and open it up. Wow, okay. you are just impatient, aren't you, little When lad? you grab the letter, you notice that there is a large B set into the wax seal. The parchment is worn and flimsy. You open it, and there's no words on the page. It's just blank. <clears throat> Can I do a intelligence check to see maybe if I knew about any, like, Arcana or like magical things that I knew about that this might Roll be. Roll an Arcana check. Arcana. Thirteen. You know that there is magic that would hide messages on letters. You don't know what spell would really bring it out. You know about it though, um, so it's possible that maybe if you knew this spell or someone else did, or you bring it to someone with a bit more arcane knowledge, that maybe they can decipher it for you, uh, or it could be a blank piece of paper. Okay. If he really liked a blank piece of paper. But you know about, there is magic that exists that'll do this. Okay. Once you are giving your last rites, Drew, you hear a howl in the background. How far away would you say it sounds? Or is it like, you can't tell where it's from? Far enough away that you aren't immediately concerned. Okay. But you hear it. Okay. It's coming from behind you. From where the gate was. Now I got that. Uh, I finish giving my last rites, stand up, and say, we need to move. Is he is he the only one that hears it? Nope. You all hear it. All right. I agree with him. We need to go now. As you agree with that, you hear a second howl, and you that pretty much confirms it. You should probably get booking. Yeah, we get to go. So, Pots and Pans runs through the woods like a panzer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I follow behind like a panther, because I am soft and sneaky. Keep up, small men. <laughs> Stole your voice for a second. <laughs> I have the ability to to transfer my voice to other people. It's quite it's quite unique. This, it's it's this the is best so ventriloquism. <laughs> you don't need to talk to anyone. It's just your ventriloquism. <laughs> so you you keep going. Uh, you go for another say three four hours or so. Fuck. So we'll walking a long time. You've been out for about eight hours, but about this time when it's would you like to rest along the way? Would you like to keep going? What do you want to do? How often do we hear howls? Um, once you start to leave, you don't hear them as much. So uh, then, yeah, we'll rest a little bit. Or at okay. least I would uh, say. Yeah, Seems yeah, like yeah. No. Stop for a second. Take a break. Cool. So you take a short break, 30 minutes or so. You hear a howl towards the end of it. That probably is what makes you start going again. And you progress forward. In the distance, it's not too hilly in this area, but the fog is dense around you. You can't go backwards anymore without going into it. It's basically giving you a direct path of where to go. It's railroading you in a sense. And you you would think at this point 
maybe this is intentional. Maybe the fact that you were pinched isn't a way to get you out of a dream. Maybe it's real. You don't really know. It seems real. And when you progress forward, you see a bit of civilization in front of you. You see a couple buildings. The buildings are a bit Victorian. Um, you don't see any people, though. Everyone's abandoned, from what you can see, at least. Or the fog is concealing them, or they're in their houses. You don't know. You just don't see anyone. I have an out-of-question character. Out-of-question character? Go yeah. ahead. Wow! Shut up. <laughs> Does it smell like vampire? <laughs> you, you, uh, you sniff? You <laughs> smell vampire. Do I recognize any anything about the town at all? Nothing. Do can I, I recognize anything about the town? Nothing. Can I can I check for any signs, uh, like noting like a language or the name of the town or anything like that that like would describe anything? Nothing. But if you all would like to make a history check, go ahead. Got a thirteen again, sir. I got a twenty. Yeah, fuck okay. you. Oh wait. Okay. Now. Does oh. the, okay, I just rolled a one. Can okay. I re-roll? Yes. Okay, I got a 13. Okay. Nick, Drew, you don't know what this is. John, you've heard about this place uh-huh. from your grandmother. Oh. Thought we were in there. That's oh. what I thought. No, you've certainly heard of this place. You've never seen it. But you look but at I've the buildings stories. and you see the fog. Is this Barovia? It may seem that way. It's from the From the tales I've heard my grandmother tell me of it. Would I recognize this as the possible place that this could be? It at least fits the description. Whether yeah. or not you're there or not, you don't know. Okay, I, uh, how far was the nearest house? The nearest house is, oh, say, 75, 80 feet in front of you. Before uh, he does anything, I turn and I go, I may know this place. I've heard stories of this place. What is we, this place? We might be in a place called Barovia. Is this where your grandmother's from? <laughs> you told us that five seconds ago. <laughs> That's right, I did tell you that. <laughs> wow. I did say that out loud. Someone yes. was drunk. Yes. My, my grandmother... I don't know if this is exactly the place, but this fits the description. All right, all right, all right. We should tread lightly. Uh, yeah, I'm going to head for the nearest house and ignore his advice and bang on the door. I'm going to say... You can't <laughs> get to the first house. The fog consumes it. Of course it does. Because you can go through the fog if you'd like. I say... I'm not going to risk that yet. I... Where's the yeah. fog lead us, then? Or is Nick, it just in a circle? Go ahead, what were you saying? Just in I case just, it overrides. I just want to yell out, Grandma Van! Grandma Van! You hear nothing. Damn it. Although, um, you hear no response to that. Kent? You do hear a child sob slightly. Kent, just so you know, my grandmother is dead. And way I to just, make it awkward. My, I look my, over my shoulder and I'm like... My apologies. I look over the shoulder and I'm like, so, my my condolences. I tip my hat. She died like 40 years ago. <laughs> Can't talk. So you hear a light children's sob. Can't do that. About 150 feet away. You can't see where it's coming from because it seems to dip around one of the corners in the street. But the fog seems to allow you to go that way. Great. I don't want to go that way, but I guess we don't have a choice. Out of Out of character comment... Uh, Josh, I'm prone to nightmares, so I'm just in case you want to steer it away from to something a little lighter. Prepare yourself for the next year. Oh god, <laughs> it's gonna be a scoopy thing, guys. This is my actual voice, just so you guys know. <laughs> is that Kim's actual voice? Kim's actual voice. Oh, oh god, no. Oh, god, no wonder. Man. I am going to change the Batman voice. I cannot do that this whole forever. Got it. All right, I before he changes his Batman voice, I say. 
All right, Batman, let's go. <laughs> As uh, if Batman's the reference in every everywhere. There's always a Batman. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna head around the corner. Okay. Um, who else goes? Or is I go. Anybody? Yeah, I go. I, I follow behind him. Directly in front of you, about 40, 50 feet away, are two children. One is uh, a small boy uh, holding a stuffed animal of sorts, sobbing to himself. The other one is a young girl, looks to be older uh, than the boy, who's has her arm around the boy and just sobbing as well, more out of uh, fear, but trying to contain it in order to help the young boy uh, be a bit more relaxed about whatever situation is going on. Well, oh, see, I would Molotov cocktail these people right now. They're children in the middle of the street and fall, like, no, they're evil. Uh, in character, I immediately head towards them. Hey everyone, this is Josh Perot, the editor for the Once and Future Nerd. And I'm Jonathan Buckmaster, and I'm not. And we are both the co-founders, along with Drew Tillman and Donna Fenimore, for the Spark Network's Taking Initiative. Thank you guys so much for uh, taking the time out of your days to listen to us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, Josh and I have been wanting to do something like this for such a long time, and the fact of something possibly coming from this it fills our hearts with so much joy. Which brings me into also thanking uh, Christian Madera, Zach Glass, and the Once and Future Nerd for allowing us to uh, host our first episode as bonus content for the amazing show that I'm thankful to be a part of. You guys are amazing, and we love you. To uh, give a brief description of what Taking Initiative will be like, uh, we are going to be running uh, the Death House uh, portion of Curse of Strahd, which is a, the module from Wizards of the Coast. Um, and then hopping into some homebrew projects. Uh, speaking of Death House, there are a few people we need to credit for certain players in the game are playing special homebrews created by fantastic people in the world. First and foremost is Matthew Mercer. Uh, you might know him as the Dungeon Master from Critical Role. Or the voice of like 3,000 different characters. He created the Gunslinger class that Nick is currently playing in this game. Uh, secondly, we need to thank Deseret Phantom on Reddit for creating the Pendragon class that I am currently playing. It is an amazing class. I love it so much, and thank you so much for putting in the hard work, both of you guys, on these classes. And for Drew's character of the Doom Guide, we have to thank Drew because he created the character himself. Uh, we would also like to credit uh, Kevin McLeod for uh, his wonderful collection of music found on the Incomptech website. Uh, we currently have a website up and running. That website is uh, thespark.network. And on there, you can find our Facebook. Uh, you can also find the Facebook by going onto Facebook and typing in Taking Initiative Podcast, and it should come up as the page. Uh, we also have a Twitter, which is currently TI underscore pod. That's TI underscore POD. For Taking Initiative Podcast. I think they could guess that, Josh. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and just to credit everyone's characters, just so it's uh, listed, in case you were curious, um, I'm DMing, obviously. Uh, John, would you like to introduce your character? Uh, I am currently playing Vendelar Greymire. Drew Tillman is playing the currently unnamed Pots and Pans Metal Monster. Nick Figueroa is currently playing Kent Brickwood of the East Farthing Brickwoods. D&D is played many, many different ways, and there's a lot of variation to uh, the types of stories and content that you'll hear. Critical Role is one way. The Adventure Zone is a different way. Misclicks is another way. There's so many great 
games and content out there that are played in different ways. Us personally, we like to add some humor to it, throw in some goofy, stupid accents, and just enjoy our time playing. And sometimes that means going a little fast and loose with the rules. Uh, and keep in mind, none of us are really voice actors. And that's okay. We don't really care. It doesn't bother us at all. But we still like to have fun and just, you know, make up voices on the spot if we want to. In addition, we are all varying levels of skill uh, in this type of game. We have people who've been playing for half their lives and people that it's just their second or third time playing. So we like to show you that no matter what your experience is, whether you're a voice actor or not, you can still sit down and have fun with your friends. So on that note... Let's go back to the creepy-ass kids that you left us in, in, in fucking danger with, Josh. How about that? Um, yeah, sure. Oh, by the way, uh, content advisory warning. There may be some language on this podcast. So sorry. There will be language on this podcast, and it will be my fault, and I apologize for it. Let's get back to some kids. I draw my bow and pull out an arrow and just keep it drawn. I don't point it at anything. I just keep it out. I just make a perception check just to see if I notice anything weird about the children or, like, the area around it. Uh, go right ahead. I want to do the same. Roll perception. I got a 17. Well, guess what, Josh? I got a fucking 19. Ooh, I got a 17 nice. also. Okay. Um, you both notice the the children, obviously. Uh, you notice that the the small stuffed animal in the kid's hand is more like a stuffed doll. Uh, it doesn't seem to resemble an animal of sorts. Maybe maybe as if he had a, a young baby doll himself, kind of a thing. So he's caring for it. You also notice that the the girl looks to be around ten years old and the boy around seven, and they seem to be standing in front of a house that's about four stories. It has a balcony that you can see around the third floor. It seems to be a very high ceiling kind of kind of place, so it kind of lifts itself up. It seems to stand out around the other buildings in the area a bit. Okay, uh, um, I wanna. Approach. When you approach the kids, you hear the the boy kind of give a little gasp, and the the girl shushes shushes the boy and turns to you and says, there, "There's a monster in our house." She then points to a tall brick row house that you that caught your eye. And it's, upon a bit more of investigation after she points it out, maybe it's been, you know, seen better days a little bit. The windows are dark. It's a gated kind of area on the ground floor. There's a rusty gate that's slightly ajar to it. The houses on either side are abandoned. Uh, their windows and doors are boarded up. Then uh, immediately regrets all of his life decisions up to this point, <laughs> and then walks up to the kids and asks, what is your mother, little one? My, my mom is trapped in the basement with the monster. What did the monster look like? We, we don't know. Really hurts. Terrible howls. We, we don't know. The boy seems to be silent, sobbing to himself. He can't muster up any words. It's all the girl who's talking. Mm-hmm. And even so, you can see as much as she's trying to comfort him, she is losing her mind over it. Mm-hmm. She is petrified. I, I put my hand on her shoulder and I go, do not worry, little one. We will look for her. I draw my crossbow. Does anything happen hand. as I touch her shoulder? Your hand goes through it. Yeah, that's what I thought. And the girl looks up at you. Mm-hmm. She goes, you'll see soon enough. And she just apparates. She turns into a Harry Potter wizard? Yes. Gone. She's gone. 
as if she wasn't there. Does the other one disappear too? The boy seems to be fine. She's just, he's just in his doll right now. A little I upset walk, that his sister's gone, it seems. I walk up to him also and touch his shoulder. What happens? Before you can, he jumps back, looks at you, laughs. Gone. <laughs> Freaking out. You start to feel like something is creeping up on you. Make a perception check. All of, all of you. All of you. Oh, five, eight, twenty. Oh, there we go. Someone noticed. You it. two don't notice, but Nick, you notice that the fog is closing in on you, but it's allowing you to only see that the door in front of you is a very clear path out of this. The door into the house that they were referring to. Um, would I know these things that just vanished in front of me? Would I possibly think that they're ghosts? Obviously, they like my hands move through them, but are they, they any sort of entity that I would know about? Um, make a actually because you don't just I? because I deal with undeath all the time. Yeah, he does too. Drew, make make a actually John make yeah. a invest um not investigation a straight intelligence roll intelligence roll straight intelligence and Drew make an intelligence roll with advantage. As they're rolling, I 13. tell them I tell them about the fog that I notice, so that way they know about it as well, and that the okay. the door is the only way f- for us to go. Fifteen. Okay. Fifteen. Okay. Um, you both notice that they were not ghosts. And John, what did you roll? Uh, thirteen. Um, you notice that they weren't necessarily ghosts, but they may have been a type of illusion, like possibly an unseen servant of some sort, or. Uh... You like don't know what type? type of spell. It's magic, it seems like, though. It's some type of illusion. You don't know. Okay. You don't know what's causing it either. It's just they were there. All right. Yeah, this, is so definitely, I, this is definitely a very magic-heavy area we're in. Yeah, so I, yeah, I let them know that the fog's closing in pretty quickly, and the door is the only path out of here. Well, I'm going to head for the door then and try the knob. I would like to uh, take an arrow and knock it in my bow and shoot it towards the fog. It... I'm going to mark one arrow off. Go right ahead. Great. Great. I, Wonderful. I, no I hold my crossbow up and I follow uh, Mystery Man. I knock another bow and then go through the you door. You knock a whole bow? A whole bow. <laughs> wow, do you, dude. Do you have a bow I, that shoots other bows? I do. As a matter of fact, with the bow. It just, it just flings off each it's, other for a while. The it's the bow bow. You don't need to know oh, that. Oh, no. <laughs> the bow bow? So, um, so, Drew, I'm going to refer to you as Drew and not your character's name because you didn't give it yet. That's fair. Um, All I know is the door in front of you. It's protective. In front of the door is a wrought iron gate that fills the archway, like between two bits of stone. Mm-hmm. You notice that the gate's unlocked, though, and it's rusty hinges just... Mm-hmm. And the gate is open. Great. Oil lamps hang from the, uh, from the ceiling by chains, flanking a set of oaken doors that open to... Well, do you open it? Yeah, that's how I try the knob. Okay. It opens. You open it up, and you see uh, kind of like a foyer area. Hanging, well, do you guys go inside, all of you? Yeah, I follow uh, right after Drew. I poke my head in first, and then I uh, I step inside. Is it dark in there? Um, It's dark, but you it's lit up from the light that's coming in from the outside and through the, the windows. Lamps, the lamps do my magic eyes see any goblins? Yes. Goblins? No, no goblins. No or goblins. Not so really surprising, but I had to check that or my magic eyes weren't reacting. Goblins. 
Goblin Those are dangerous ones. Yeah. From the from the moment those kids disappeared and we started moving towards the house, I make like a conscious effort to touch everything that's in my immediate path. I don't want to go out of my way to like touch things, but like if I'm close enough to like a wall or a door frame, like just to make sure that I can feel it, and not everything is is gonna disappear. Okay. You push the push the gate. Can you roll for tetanus? Uh, <laughs> I was about to be like, money? That would be a constitution check. Yeah, it's a medicine check with disadvantage, please. Um, no, you're you're fine. You're good. Oh no, you have locked uh, no, no tetanus today, sir. Uh, oh no, you walk at the door and you have lupus. What the fuck? <laughs> How did it happen? House was oh, wrong. House was wrong. <laughs> On the south wall of the foyer is a shield emblazoned with a coat of arms. It's a stylized golden windmill <coughs> on a red field. It's flanked by framed portraits of stony-faced aristocrats. Great. There's mahogany-framed double doors leading from the foyer to the main hall, and they're set with panes of stained glass. Do I recognize any of the aristocrats? Mm, make a investigation check. 18. Quick, nope. quick Trump thing. Uh, as soon as everyone's in, I'm going to shut the door and... Uh... Can I lock it? You can lock it. And once you lock it and look up slightly, you notice that between the this kind of cracks in the door, that the fog is now pushed up against the door. Yeah, okay. I'm going to shut it and lock it. It's super locked. Cool. <laughs> so do you guys continue forward? Do you want to check anything out? Uh, uh, are there any, like, torches on the walls or, like, lamps nearby? Um, In this room... There are no torches. There's no lamps. Um, and when you proceed, if you look in, it, it, it does get dark. Okay. Do well, I? Do, hey, do, I actually have a thing. Hold on. Uh, I'm going to uh, sling my pack off and dig through it for a second. Doesn't take me long because everything's organized properly. Uh, pull out a candle, light it, and then give it to the halfling. Now, okay. this is a ceremonial candle, so it's like this tall and like that <laughs> big around. But... Is there a picture of Jesus on it? No, but there is a picture of Kelmore. I was going to say Barack Obama. <laughs> I, you are way off. I, I, I ask him, what is this? What is this? Uh, so now we know two things. He's large, and he has OCD. Yeah. I Great. say, what do, you, what do you want me to do? Wait, hold on. Uh, what do you want me to do with this, partner? Light. Okay. I hold up the candle and see if any of those aristocrats in the pictures are voluptuous women. At, the, wow. <laughs> at this point, Nick is that one of the characters from uh, Final Fantasy uh, uh, Crystal Kingdom, the one where you have to carry the crystal around. The GameCube one? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and he's like, I've got it, guys. Big circle of light. <laughs> Alright, do, do I see the, uh, do I see any voluptuous women? Mm, there, there's a... In the pictures, I mean. One woman. There's one man. I don't know your taste. But she seems very disinterested in everything that's going I'm on. I'm pretty sure Nick's taste is, like, not short. That's pretty much short. Yeah, exactly. Short. <laughs> I hold, I hold the light against the woman for a little too long. I'm just, like, staring at her. Remind me not to go into the, the new D&D mod for the Giants. <laughs> Nick's going to want to bang everyone. Wait, oh, question. No. Question. Can I hold the candle with one hand or two? Or do I need two hands? Wow, Nick. 
you will not look at the woman and start jerking it. I swear no, I'm to not God. Sitting. <laughs> We're not sitting here for that, Nick. That's not happening. I just well, need a minute. I just need a Nick. minute. Yeah, that's Nick, what I'm saying. You have a crossbow. So Can I need... hold the crossbow and the candle at the same time? That's fine. Keep in mind, though, that you're... What type of crossbow do you have? A hand crossbow? Uh, yeah, a light, a, light, a light crossbow. A light crossbow is a two-handed weapon. Okay, so... so I... To fire it, you would need to have both hands. But I can hold it. You can hold it. That's fine. You just won't be able to fire it unless you put it down. And before I put my foot in my mouth here in a very non-physical way, uh, let me just double check. I don't want to watch that. Uh, I just want a, I just want any women in the area to realize that I could put my foot in my mouth if I wanted to. Is that a thing you think that turns them on? Hey, you don't know what you got until you use it. So. It is two-handed. Yes. That, by the way, is the greatest oh, yeah, advice for hitting on a woman I've ever heard. <laughs> You don't know what the you only, got till you use it. The only uh, one-handed crossbow. Can't argue. Hand crossbow. The hand crossbow. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, would you guys like to do anything else? We'd like to continue forward. I'd like to want to right? facepalm because <laughs> Nick is like looking at the woman for a little bit too long. You don't need to roll for that. You slap, I just slap him in the back of the head. There's only one door out, right? Going. Nick, I was going to say to roll for perception, but let's be honest, you're not paying attention. Not looking at that painting. <laughs> I'm, to- I'm totally focused on the painting. How many doors are in the room, Josh? The one we came in and... The one going uh, going to the main hall. It's okay, a foyer. It's, it's okay, a I just want to make sure there's no like, off- offshoots of the foyer. Do nope. the bureaucrats uh, all look human? By the they're way? human. They're all human? Okay. Okay, then uh, yeah, I'm going to take a step into the next room. Okay, everyone follow? Yeah. 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 Cool. You don't need to worry about light right now. You have kind of a dim light going on. I have dark candle. vision. Uh, you're fine. Um, Actually, I think I have dark vision. You're a dragonborn, you should. I don't have dark vision, so thank you, uh, mysterious, tall, dark, and handsome man. I'm glad that you assume I'm handsome. <laughs> Says him in a regular voice. From, from from what I can see down here, you're a good-looking chap. <laughs> you mean my armored knees? <laughs> yep. You, you're completely covered head to toe in metal, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I am a, I'm encased in metal. Okay. I'm a pill bug of death. You can literally see, like, not even, like, slats, slits in, like, the helmet or anything? There's slits, but they're just dark, because, like, they're so deep. Oh, okay. You better hope so to all Hellenbor, like, gods, that you do not run to someone who knows how to heat metal. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, Let's continue to through. And there's a, a wall that runs the width of the house uh, with a black marble fireplace at one end. Ooh, pretty. And a sweeping red marble staircase at the other. Mounted on the wall above the fireplace seems to be a sword of some type. Ooh. With a windmill cameo Actually, worked into the Wait, Dragonborn apparently don't have dark vision? Nope. Oh. That okay. That's what we were saying with the magic eyes with our initial campaign. Like, you didn't even have that. Uh, I totally had magic eyes. I decided later that my gerblins, I, also, I always saw them, is because I was crazy. Look, look. Would you I was always eyes? seeing gerblins. <laughs> So when I was asking if I saw them, and you said no, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about this sword. Well, hold on. Let me finish the rest of the description. Also, I got a quick Um, question. When you walk through the door, is it much wider than the foyer, or is it just like same same size, just like goes back further? um, It is, when you walk through, um, it's about 300% bigger width-wise. Okay, cool. Um, So when you walk in, immediately on your left is the fireplace. Deep to the right is the um, staircase. The wood-paneled walls are ornately sculpted 
with images of vines, flowers, nymphs, and satyrs. Ooh, that's hot. Um, There's a sword on a wall. Mm, I like nymphs. And uh, the decorative paneling follows a staircase as it seems to circle upward to the second floor. Also in the room, you notice uh, there's a couple different exits, or doorways at least. There's one past the fireplace with a door right next to it on the right. Uh-huh. Uh, there seems to be a little alcove to if you go up and to the right. And from where you walked in, there seems to be a door to the right next to you leading into a separate room. Like on the wall that we came through? But yeah, exactly. I take a look at the sword. Uh, okay, make an investigation check. 18. It's a long sword. There's a, uh, a cameo on the hilt. There's a, a windmill, which is very finely crafted mm-hmm. into it. The blade seems to be pristinely cleaned. Uh, there's a, a slight glint off of it. There's no rubbish kind of stuff on it. Mm-hmm. It looks to be just a very awesome-looking sword. Can I check to see if maybe there's a magical essence to it? With that investigation that you did, it doesn't seem to be magical. It just seems to be like a ornate sword. And where is it hanging? Above the fireplace. I am jumping for it, but you I can't... You cannot reach. I'm like... Um, can I reach it? Uh, yeah, you can reach it if you like. I would like to take my bow and hold the bottom of it and reach it forward and actually, first, before I reach out, I'd like to grab the head of the halfling that's in front of me trying to jump for it, push him to the ground, and oh. move him to the side. Uh, Nick, do you allow this? Unfortunately. I push him off to the side. And then I'd like to take the top of the bow and actually, like, tip it up to see if I can knock it off and see if anything happens. Okay. Make a, um, say, make a sleight of hand check. Wait, before he does that, when he's not looking, I point my crossbow at him. And I say, you motherfucker. And then I put it back down. (laughs) Um... As he does that, Arsene immediately arches her back and, like, hisses at him. I put that put that crossbow back down real quick. <laughs> Arsene relaxes. Uh, okay, so sleight of hand? Yep. Eight. <laughs> you go to push it up. It takes you, like, you go to do it expertly, and you just miss. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Oops. you Oops. do it, like, a second time. Like, miss. fry with the button. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you wait, pick wait. It up. Before the third time, I say, should have just let me do it. You miss the third time, you smack him. <laughs> the fourth time, you pick it up and cling, 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 right down to the floor. Cool. Nothing happens. Nothing? Just the sword's on the floor, you litter. Okay, now that, now that it's in my now grasp... It's trash. Now that it's in my grasp, I go to grab the handle of the sword. John, do you have anything to say about that? Uh, I take a step back and let him do it. Okay. I grab the, I grab the handle of the sword. You <laughs> are holding a sword. It looked absurdly huge in his hands. Uh, and I, yeah. I, with both, with I put the candle down for a second, put the crossbow down for a second, and then with both hands, grab the sword and say, I have the power! Make a dexterity roll for me. Uh, dexterity modifier. I have a, it's a five. Wait, five total? Yeah, two, I got a two, and then I, plus three. When you swing it up and you say, I have the power, by the time you hit power, you are halfway back and you <laughs> fall over. <laughs> you guys all know that a longsword is about three pounds. Yeah. But he was just so into it. <laughs> he just threw himself off his feet. And Did he drop the, the blade as he yes. fell back? Okay. I pick it up. I pick him up by the scruff of the collar. <laughs> Careful. 
<laughs> okay. So uh, I, I grab I grab that I pick up the candle again, so I have the candle. I'm back to okay. where I started. Ven now has a longsword with that hilt, so you can I can't type... use it. Okay. Well, you can technically. I can, but I'm not proficient in longsword. Yeah. So just write down longsword with windmill hilt. Uh, can I check the door? Uh, that was to the right of the door we came in. Uh, sure. Is it locked? Um, I will let you know in a minute. <sighs> let me know now. <laughs> It is uh, not locked. Cool. I'm going to open it and look inside. Okay. And John, go ahead. I'm on uh, is the fireplace lit? The fireplace is not lit. Is, is it fucking lit? No. It's Wait. lit. It's fucking it's lit. It's had one too many tonight. <laughs> <laughs> can I light it? You can. Uh, I would like to use my tinderbox. To is there wood in there? Like firewood? You have a candle that's already lit. There I want to look at the envelope again. There's three really... New pieces of wood in the fireplace. Really like just lots of wood. As in, someone just put them there. I would like to do an investigation check in the fireplace to see if I see anything. Okay. 16. You don't notice anything in the fireplace, but what you do notice is the walls that were kind of around with the wood panels that are ornately sculpted, mm-hmm. with the vines and flowers and such. Right. You actually notice that there's snakes and skulls inconspicuously woven into the walls. Oh, fuck. The can- is the candle still by me? Uh, that's up to you, whatever Nick did with the candle. What oh, no, I'm, following, I'm, with, I'm right behind Drew because he picked me up. So I'm, I'm, I, I don't think I'm would like you. to pull out the envelope I found before with the letter and take a look at it again. Did you light the fireplace? or No, okay. not yet. Do I see anything new? Nope. Nope. Okay. I, uh, I go over to Nick and I... Or, uh, Kent, Kent. Brickwood uh, of the East Farthing <laughs> Brickwoods. Get my name right. Then... right. Hold on a second. I'm gonna just write it Kent. Fuck boy. Get my um, name right. Or get it out your mouth. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I look over to Kent and I go, Hey, come over here for a second. Uh, I, I stop him right before he gets to me and I say, Hold the candle still. I take the on the letter and I put it near the flame, but not like next to it, so it catches fire. I put it like next to the heat of the flame. Anything so happen? So the letter, when you bring it closer, uh-huh. it starts to emanate a bit of red on okay. the back. Sweet. With light hitting it. That's it. Nothing. Great. All right. Well, that that takes care of that suspicion. Let's keep going. Hey, everybody. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to us play Dungeons & Dragons. We will be launching our podcast uh, and starting to put things up on our own on March 6th. You'll be able to find us on the iTunes store at Taking Initiative. So keep an eye on those social media sites so that way you can get all the details of where and when to find us. And just to leave you with something uh, to expect in the future... Here's a quick little clip montage of the massive amount of shit that I put them through. This is just a weird question, but if I'm... If it's a weird game. I could pop out and attack our attackers from behind. That might possibly be one of the dumbest ideas I've ever heard in my life. Nick, you notice a terrified, skeletally thin young woman reach out towards Drew. How the fucking 16 field? Bish. Don't you have this creature reach inside of you and you feel nothing. 
you're a fucking idiot, and I can't stand you. Who the fuck are you? As soon as you stepped out the door, I'm gonna cold cock her. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, Drew? <laughs> I don't know who you are. There's ghosts in here. Point to Callista. Oh no. I, I turn to the guys and I say, well, look at this, gentlemen. We're already making a connection. Hey, Kent. Uh, we just killed a bunch of dead things down here. We can flirt later. We need to get the fuck out of here. One must die. No, Big no, chance. no. Fuck. Over and over. One must die. I'm gonna just start, like, hysterically crying, like, PTSD, like, crying. I'm officially spooked. I do not like this place. I want to leave. Hey, Christian again. I hope you all enjoyed that. If you are still listening, it means you probably did, and that makes me happy. So be sure to head over to thespark.network if you want more from Taking Initiative. Before we go, I just want to say thanks to everyone who's written us an iTunes review or said something nice about us in public. Uh, If you do that, don't forget to tag us so that uh, you can be sure we'll see it. Um, We can't promise that we'll thank absolutely everyone, but we will try, and also it makes us really, really happy. Uh, That is all I've got for you this week, but the next time you hear my voice, it will be to announce the release dates for book two, so get pumped. Okay, until then, be well.